0: I'm Andrew Schwartz, and you're listening to The Truth of the Matter, a podcast by CSIS where we break down the top policy issues of the day and talk with the people that can help us best understand what's really going on. To get to the truth of the matter about TikTok and the surrounding controversy and talk of a TikTok ban on national security grounds, we have with us Jim Lewis, who is a senior vice president at CSIS. Jim... Before we get into the whole thing about the Restrict Act that Warner and Thune have put forward and has a bipartisan group of U.S. senators behind it and potentially the White House as well, I want to ask you, can you frame this issue that we're dealing with about TikTok? Because I think not a lot of people truly understand what's going on.
1: You know, it's pretty straightforward because this is, once again, no one trusts China and no one should trust China. And in 2017, the Chinese passed a law that said that all Chinese companies must cooperate with the Ministry of State Security if it asks them to. No appeal, no court cases, no saying no the way Apple did. You have to cooperate. So that means if MSS showed up at ByteDance Central in Beijing and said, give us the data, they have to say yes. It doesn't matter what they're doing today. They could be saints. And if MSS shows up tomorrow... They could do it so distrust of china is number one
0: so just to be clear jim mss
1: is what the ministry of state security the chinese intelligence agency and um nobody trusts china perfectly understandable uh second people are very uncomfortable with social media not just tiktok but all social media and so you saw the senators complaining about how you know their children were watching these uh videos and joe
0: manchin said he had to learn about tiktok from his granddaughter well, and that's which that's, doesn't give me a lot of confidence if they're <laughs> if they're actually dictating policy. About it's this. better
1: than it used to be on the Hill. So you gotta look on the bright side. The third part is that our failure to have adequate privacy protections makes people uncomfortable in general. And the fears about influence operations widely misplaced when it comes to TikTok. But people are for ever since 2016, people have been afraid that foreign powers have been exploiting social media to um, gall Americans into politically dangerous positions.
0: Well, and there's no question that the
1: Russians and North Koreans and Iranians have been doing that right? They've all tried it in the Chinese, too, with varying degrees of success. The way I usually put it is if the Russians had done absolutely nothing in 2016, do you think the outcome of the election would have been different? They didn't do absolutely nothing, and we don't know what they're up to now. Chinese propaganda really isn't that good. I mean, having watched tons of it, I mean, a lot of it is, you know— Xi Jinping is really great. And if we just all recognize that, things would go so well. And oddly enough, that doesn't get a lot of traction in the rest of the world. But that's not to say they aren't trying. And it's not to say something that we should be paying attention to. But the biggest problem for TikTok is China is the world's largest espionage power. TikTok is something you voluntarily download onto your phone and you have no idea what's in it, right? So you're ceding control potentially to of your phone you're creating a venue for downloading spyware do you know when what's in an update when you download an update you have no idea so capture the updater standard tactic in cybersecurity, and that's what people are worried about you have an untrustworthy host government that has complete control over its companies that has the potential for serious espionage okay so but to complicate
0: this I don't know a teenager, and I've got three of them or two of them and one who just became a not teenager, that don't have TikTok on their phones. And clearly, politicians themselves, people on the Hill have started using it in their campaigns. And so it's something that people on the Hill have used, people in business are using in America, and American teenagers and 20-somethings are
1: all about TikTok. And so I think it's been downloaded a billion times Uh, around the world. right? It is the fourth largest of these social media platforms. The first two are American. The third is WeChat, the Chinese one. Um, It's got a tremendous presence. But there's this risk. There's the somewhat exaggerated risk that the Chinese will use it to pump propaganda. And there's the very definite risk that they'll use it to download spyware. So you could look at it and say, It makes sense for governments to ban TikTok on their devices, on their employees' devices. It makes sense because it could be a vehicle for spying. And what ByteDance would say, the owners would say, is, well, there's no evidence of us having done that. But there's also nothing to stop you doing it tomorrow if Xi Jinping changes his mind.
0: Yeah. So what we're talking about here with the Restrict Act, it was introduced by Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, and Senator John Thune, Republican from South Dakota. They are the chairman and ranking member, respectively, of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. They put out this Restrict Act, which has had the support of a lot of senators that we consider to be centrists. The White House has applauded it. So are they just talking about banning it on government devices or are they talking about general people in America not being able to use
1: it? The Restrict Act is really well drafted. Speaking of Congress, why does ByteDance's CEO want to go and testify before the House of all places um, in a couple weeks? That's really suicidal. But the Restrict Act is great. It offers two options to ByteDance. Option one, we ban you. We It doesn't ever use the ban word ban in the bill. It uses the word prohibit, along with the other mean things we could do to them. We could prohibit TikTok from engaging in business in the United States. That would be very damaging. It also offers an alternate path, Damaging to who? Damaging to TikTok. Yeah. You're still going to be able to watch TikTok. You know, the, having talked to them, they've explored the option of relocating to a European country that would allow them to host the thing there. You could type in tiktok.com, it would take you to the website. You wouldn't be able to download it from the app stores. You wouldn't be able to engage in commerce with them. So no money and no growth, that's a big deal. But you could still get access to it if you've already got it. And you could probably get the updates pumped into your phone if you have it there already. The alternative though is for TikTok, for ByteDance, to come to some sort of mitigation agreement. This is common practice when you look at CFIUS, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the US. Foreign owner wants to buy something the US considers sensitive, and so they put all these conditions on it. Confusingly, they're called NSAs, national security agreements, and it says you need an oversight board composed of retired admirals and generals. You need to guarantee certain things. You need to restrict access of the foreign owner. You need to provide us a way to watch what you're doing. There's things you could do that would mitigate risk, but ByteDance has to make a choice. Do they want to tough it out? They say they'll go to court. They say they'll move offshore and say, no, take a hike, America, or will they knuckle under and take the mitigation agreement? So far, they've refused to do mitigation because it's been pending in Cifius for about two years, which is almost a record. But they say,
0: people at TikTok, that they've been negotiating, as you just pointed out, with Cifius, And so they say they're doing their part. Are they really doing their part? I mean, this has gone on for two years. And now the media coverage of this seems to be spiraling not in their favor.
1: No one is on board with TikTok. I mean, maybe millions of uh, users are on board. But in the The Washington policymaking circles, there's nobody who's going to stand up and defend TikTok. Correctly or not, nobody's on TikTok's side. The dilemma for them is that the bill, when it's passed, takes the authority away from CFIUS and gives it to the Department of Commerce. So all the negotiation they've done has been for naught. If they were smart, they'd do a deal as soon as they could, but I doubt the committee would agree to it because they know legislation is pending. So the CFIUS window has closed. Now we'll see what commerce is able to do. So what is the Biden administration's position on this? The Biden administration supports the bill. The Biden administration is willing to, they have the authority to ban TikTok on government devices, right? And they've done that. So you have a government-issued phone, can't download TikTok on it, that's a good idea because it could be this portal for spyware. But they can't go further than that. The bill attempts to give them additional authorities. One of the problems is that this is not the first time we've we've done this stance with TikTok. The Trump administration issued an executive order banning TikTok, and it was thrown out of court. TikTok challenged it in court. It was thrown out in less than 30 minutes. Because it was so badly drafted, because it was unconstitutional. This administration is very cognizant of the need to come up with something that is defensible in court. And I think they're hoping that the bill, by giving them that additional authority, will do that. They can go to the judge now and say, it's not just us waking up in a bad mood. Here are reasonable grounds, reasonable national security grounds for taking this action. The Congress has indicated its assent. We should be allowed to move forward with prohibiting or an otherwise limiting TikTok. I think that's a good case. And the administration now is waiting to see what happens on the Hill. Everything's contingent on the bill passing. We'll see what the house comes up with. And then TikTok is faced with a choice, go to court and lose or accept a mitigation deal. One thing I haven't said, by the way, is I haven't said the magic word divestiture. Divestiture is dumb on two grounds. First, if we force a foreign company to divest, uh, you can bet other governments are going to look at Microsoft and Google and Facebook and say, you should divest too. Look, here's a, here's a precedent. The second thing is, the first time divestiture came up, probably four years ago, it was a much smaller company. Now it's gigantic. There's no American company that has $50 billion in cash lying around to buy TikTok. So divestiture is not one of the options. What would an acceptable agreement with TikTok look like? You know, I think that TikTok has something called Project Texas. Apparently, the the Texas state government is deeply offended that they chose it and are trying to make it clear that they are not part of this. So good to know. Um, But Project Texas has some of the elements of what a deal would look like. You need some sort of oversight board. You need a, a security board of trustworthy, usually former American officials who will watch what TikTok does. You need all those retired admirals and generals out there. Two, you need some insight into where the data is stored, where the data is going, and what the algorithm is doing. TikTok's been reluctant to do that because the algorithm is a gold mine. They don't wanna share it, but they're gonna to have to share some details and give people insight into how it works. So that's mainly it. transparency in operations, oversight, and a degree of control that would let some third-party entity, people talk about Oracle, pull the plug if it looked like things were going the wrong way. Do you, Jim Lewis, think that that would be acceptable? I do. I've worked with Cifius in the past. Uh, No one has ever complained about one of these mitigation agreements. So the issue now is politics. One, is any deal acceptable to people? Because part of what's going on there is, At least one side in our famous two-party system hopes to show that the other is soft on China. That's a drawback. So is any deal going to be seen as soft on China? The second one is there's a lot of these mitigation agreements. CFIUS does them all the time, where a foreign owner gets ownership of a sensitive American company, in this case, musically. And there are conditions put on it that, reduce the risk. I think we could do that. No one has ever complained about one of these mitigation agreements. No one has ever come back and said, hey, it's not working, right? So we could do it, but it may not be politically feasible. And of course, ByteDance will have to bite the bullet and accept that they're not going to get what they want.
0: So basically what they'd be doing is giving us real insight into what they do with the data, where the data is
1: stored, how it's used, potentially all of that. It's seeding a degree of control because right now they'll say, hey, look, we already store your data outside of China. We store it in Singapore and I think North Carolina. But that isn't comforting because you want some third party to be able to say, hey, I see what's flowing back and forth. It looks good to me. I can screen it for malware when it's going in or out. I can look for suspicious patterns like you're blocking all the traffic to Taiwan. You need that third party and that's what we don't have now. If you can do that, if you can get a third party with enough authorities, this deal could work. So even if you get a deal like that,
0: is it really enforceable? Couldn't they find ways to deceive and
1: really go past what people are thinking they're doing? You know, and that's where you would need as part of any deal, the ability to pull the plug, right? And I think that would have to be written in that if it looked like TikTok was doing something bad, that we could then take action against them. Could be something that very quickly gets them off uh, American networks. It could be something that restricts their ability to get new users. There are things you could do, but yes, you have to have the penalty built in for this deal to work. Speaking of politics, if you're a candidate running for office, let's just say a
0: presidential candidate in the next election, you have to know that Gen Z gets most of their news and information from TikTok and banning it for Gen Z isn't exactly a great strategy to get votes. Now, I don't know if that matters or
1: not to politicians, but it's an issue. It does matter. And I think one of the reasons you haven't seen action on TikTok was people were waiting for the midterms to be over. But we've now got a little bit of time before the next election. Now's the time to pull the trigger if you want to do it. Yeah, people think about politics, but there's two parts to that. First, nobody is going to stand up and say, I am for China. I am for Chinese spying. It's a great idea. And it's worth it to me to see some person lip syncing to take the risk of Chinese spies. Not going to happen. Number two, you need to have some time where the voters will get over it something will come along. There'll be an alternative. Uh, People will get over being grumpy about TikTok. So that tells me you're probably going to see some kind of action in the next six months. If it goes to commerce, commerce is always a bit slow off the mark. It may take longer than that, but that argues for Congress to do something and for ByteDance to admit that the battle's over. It needs to come to a deal. So, Jim, I take it you think there is going to be a deal. I don't know. I think that ByteDance sending their CEO to testify. Do they really think he's going to be able to talk, particularly in the House and in Congressman, out of the, the grave Chinese threat? There is a real Chinese threat. It doesn't matter what he says. So the fact that they're willing to, uh, I guess he's a kind of human sacrifice, <laughs> he's willing to sacrifice himself shows that they're not ready to cut a deal. Now, we got a couple of weeks before the hearing. I think they're going to hold out. Beijing does not want to deal. Beijing, that would make you suspicious if you weren't already. But Beijing is saying, oh, nothing. Americans are exaggerating this. Tut, tut. Don't look under Don't look behind that curtain. There's nothing there. Beijing doesn't want us to squeeze TikTok, in part because it's their only globally successful app, the only one that appeals to a non-Chinese audience. They're going to protect it. But that said... If we don't see some kind of mitigation agreement from ByteDance, we will see the US take action to prohibit TikTok in some way. And is this yet another wedge between the United States and China? I would not have done this myself right after the great balloon incident. The balloon incident was, of course, silly, but it only inflamed passions on this side of the ocean. This is not a good time to be standing up and saying, don't worry about Chinese espionage everything is fine. So yeah, in some ways this was bound to happen. The Chinese have been doing this. I was looking in in my voluminous notes. The first Chinese espionage case I looked at was in 1996, right? I'm sure there were ones before it. That was just the first one I saw. Um, They've been doing this for a long time and they deserve to be called to account. And ByteDance, if it's innocent, is unfortunately caught in the middle. And there are a lot of people who say it probably isn't innocent remember tracking probably isn't innocent is not innocent that's correct remember tracking reporters remember some of the other stuff the the name of the game in espionage has changed considerably in that it's like big data big data analytics the chinese are hoovering up personal data and then figuring out how to exploit and manipulate that data for intelligence advantage so are they probably collecting everything on tiktok Probably, yes. Now, the caveat there is you don't need to buy the company to get the data. You can do a false front company and buy it on the open market. You can probably scrape it off the internet. You don't need to own the company, but that doesn't mean the Chinese aren't collecting the data. They are probably a little easier by with having ByteDance in Beijing. But there is real risk here, and there's no easy way to fix it other than keeping them out or coming up to some agreement that makes it harder for them to do bad things. What are some of the bad things that they could do with this data? So part of it is influence operations. If you have a better sense of the American public, you can better design influence operations. The Chinese are handicapped there. I personally have watched hundreds of TikTok videos as a research exercise, and I still feel no strong urge to burst into the Chinese national anthem. So I'm not, you know, not too worried about that. has it influenced you. I'm a bit cynical, but I think most of my fellow citizens are almost equally cynical. Sure. The other part to this is... You could look for patterns that identify intelligence opportunities. It's not blackmail. We've never seen the Chinese do blackmail. And remember, they stole everyone's data in the OPM hacks in 2015. But they could look for patterns that suggest this person should be tracked when they come to China. This person is a target for recruitment. This person is has access to valuable information, and we might want to put one of our best hacker teams on breaking into their stuff. We don't know all the ways that people use data now. We do it, they do it, that's the name of the game. And so having ByteDance scraping millions of Americans' personal data could be useful. The big fear, of course, is is biometrics, that you're going to be able to get voice and face and other biometric data that either give you the ability to do something fraudulent or that give you clues, insights into what people's activities are. It's a whole new world when it comes to spying, and it's not James Bond. So when you're saying getting access to
0: people's voice video, you're really talking about the potential for deepfakes.
1: And you don't need to own the company to do that, but you might have a little bit of an advantage. I think that's where people are right to be concerned about Chinese espionage efforts that involve the collection of massive amounts of data. And closing ByteDance down won't fix that, but it does narrow the scope a little bit. So, Jim, can we expect a nationwide ban on TikTok at some point in the near future? The bad news is that, and we've told this story a million times at CSIS, and not just me, but like Jude and others. In 1980, Deng Xiaoping inherits China. He realizes it's a complete basket case after Mao. And he says, only by opening to the West can we rebuild. And part of that rebuilding was espionage. But another part was the close integration of the two economies. And so we spent 35 years getting closer and closer to China. And it's not going to be easy to unravel that in a very short time. And where TikTok fits into that is, TikTok is just one of the Chinese software platforms that are available in the United States. Most of the times you don't know. It could be open source from China, open source software from China. It could be something called SDKs, software development kits, Chinese source. You are an American coder, an American company. You want an easy way to create a web app. You use an SDK. And so to use one example that I've heard, I don't know for sure. I've heard Airbnb is based on Chinese software. Jim, I had no idea Chinese software was used with Airbnb. We've integrated our two tech sectors. The Chinese are as dependent as we are on our stuff, and that makes them exceptionally nervous. But TikTok is just one of many.
0: Jim Lewis, thank you very much for giving us some really good insight
1: into what's going on with TikTok. Fun as always. Thanks for having me.